I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So we've come to Bermondsey Street Bees. What a treat, eh? Fantastic. Lead the way. I know, isn't it nice to be out, Jane? It's so fantastic. Long, hot day. Shade of some big old tree. Making daisy oh, chains out. It's gorgeous. Hello. Hello. Oh, hi, Sarah. Hello, lovely. <laughs> hi, Sarah. Hey, oh, oh, brilliant. Oh, this looks amazing in here. It's got all those honeys. So, so Sarah, I'm looking around at your lovely honey room and um, I'm seeing all these sort of pallets and white plastic buckets mm, and um, mm. things with wax in them. And It's great though, I love it. it makes your me own tasting so spoons. Oh, thank you. Sarah, um, Don't would it be possible if I could have a metal spoon, which I'll just wash each yes, time? Yes, you can. Um, yeah. It's just because they make me go funny, those. Um, Do they? Those, yeah. Ooh, yeah, it makes yeah, it go okay. through me. No, you can I'm sorry to be awkward, but it's just no, even it's looking at those spoons. It's what I use when I'm tasting some metal spoons. Is it? Well, Sarah, would you be able to tell us a little bit about yourself and who are you? I mean, I know <laughs> that Alice um, Stone. I, um, I used to, in the very early days of my whole adventure with Honey, I used to describe myself as the beekeeper's wife. And in that role, I was like, you know, sort of support system. But luckily, because I'm allergic to to bee stings. Mm-hmm. I didn't just get shoved in a suit to trail around after Dale and just be the assistant beekeeper. And I think that was the luckiest break ever. I was brought up by honey feed. But a lot of my family are farmers mm-hmm. and wine producers and stuff. So very much connected with the soil and with stock and stuff. And my mum is a complete honey feed. And in the 60s in Britain, you didn't have a lot of good honey. You had this horrible, claggy clover Canadian honey, Gale's honey, and it was just... It was vile, you know, we just didn't want to eat it. So wherever we travel, because my dad was in the travel trade, so we did go abroad quite a lot. My mum would drag us off to find a beekeeper. Oh, and it would be like some crusty old bloke in a cave somewhere with all of these... A cave? In a cave, yeah. <laughs> yeah, beekeeper's like a cave. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a good temperature, you see. Okay. So, so she'd drag me off, or us off, and we'd go up this sort of mountain in, you know, like a, a Fiat the size of a sewing machine and find this beekeeper and taste all these honeys. And they were amazing. You know, they were... Some of them were polyfluorals, a lot of them were mono, monofluorals. And, you know, those memories imprint themselves. <clears throat> we actually have neural pathways in our brain from our very earliest encounter as proto-humans with honey because it was the only sweet thing on Earth when mm-hmm. humans evolved. Everything we take granted as sweet now, like fruit and vegetables, is because we bred it to be sweet because we respond so strongly to sweetness. And the memories that you have of honey are like the memories that are evoked by walking past someone wearing a scent. So particularly from childhood, people will you know, go really misty-eyed when they taste something and go, oh, that 
that's like the honey that my aunt would give me at her mm. kitchen tables. So there is a huge sort of evocation. <laughs> and so then there was like, how do we get three kilos of honey home from Spain or Greece or wherever? And, and my mum would be like, oh, it's okay, we just put it in the dirty laundry. And I mean, this wasn't to hide it, it's just to like isolate it mm. from anything else you might have. So we were just like all the time we'd arrive and you take out all the knickers. Mm. So they're just like covered with honey. I'm not even sure we had a washing I don't think we had a washing machine. She must have hand washed. All the honey all the honey knickers. All the honey knickers, the honey towels, the honey vests, the honey God knows what. But um But she smelled good. Did she smell yeah, lovely? Yeah, yeah. The skin was lovely. Yeah. So when Dale started this hobby keeping journey and I was like working with him, I was really, really fascinated fascinated by honeys and the different colours mm-hmm. and the different textures and the different everything and I didn't know what made any of that tick mm-hmm. and also I was tasting English honeys which were really good. In those English honeys I was I was starting to experience something that was yeah, really, really interesting. I, I didn't really know a lot about, so I read everything I could. I talked to every beekeeper I could. I tested every honey that I could get my hands on. And I found a book which was really useful called The Honey Connoisseur, which guided me through like some honey tastings and techniques and things. And then, amazingly, the course in Italy uh, was started to be done in English. Mm. Um, and a friend of mine who's a food writer rang me up and, and just said... It's the, you, know, you can go on that course and I was literally on an email a second later to the guy who's organising saying me, 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 please, please, please me when you sort of, because I mean I fancy because I, mm. I love honey and mm. I'm you know mm. the same as you but you know what would you think you could sort of use it for, you know I like think, you think about a wine connoisseur yeah, don't yeah, you it is. But, yeah. but I suppose it's a much more niche I'm, market I think all of us who've done that training have gone away and made our own career out of it. I don't think any two of us do the same thing. A lot of people are big honey producers mm-hmm. and they're using it really basically to sell their stuff. I'm really lucky because we sell honey to so many amazing chefs and bartenders and they're always hungry for training and, and for continuous professional development work. So they will be doing um, chocolate tastings, coffee tastings, all sorts of things, but most of them will never have had honey tasting. Mm. So, you know, I'm in the normal world, the, you know, pre-lockdown, hopefully post-lockdown, mostly I'm sitting talking to a group of chefs or to or to bartenders and um, I'm taking through sort of you know some honey tasting some comparative tasting just opening up the palates a little bit to the idea of honey and and the differences because basically I want them to stop using blended honey in their kitchens and bars my question when somebody says to me honey I'm like what honey where from you know, there's, there's no such thing as honey mm. as a sort of commodity yeah. unless yeah. it's been blended and highly processed. So, you know, my interest is in teaching them that difference. And, they're, they're, you know, that's a really fascinating <laughs> interchange always. Um, I also work with honey producers who are abroad to try and give them a little bit more visibility if they're producing something absolutely wonderful. Mm. So it, it, it's quite amazing where it's led me. That's what I mean about stories, because if I can take people back through the, the joy of honey through, through their olfactory system, system absolutely engage those neural pathways that we all have in response to honey and get them to think about where it comes from and the soil and all of those really really crucial environmental mm. issues then I sort of think that's that's my job done if, if people come to a tasting they take away three ideas from it yeah and also I always say to people if you don't leave here a honey snob I haven't done my job <laughs> <laughs> I 
And it rhymes. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at these lovely honeys that you've got yeah. in front of us. I'm looking at yeah. all the different colours. I, I mean, they look, they look kind of like sort well, of marmite. I did choose these. I, I wanted to take you so they're like, me, 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 onto the dark side. Yeah. Because I think um, with my, my lovely colleague Paula, you, you yes. tasted some mm. dark honey and it was quite a shock. As my tastes have evolved in honey, I've gone right away from the lighter, more sugary ones and much more towards these darker mm. ones. I haven't got any ones which are truly horrifying in here or as surprising as the Arbutus. Yes, I struggled with that one. Yeah, or the sweet chestnut. So I'm Mm. I'm hoping to show you that there is a midway. But one of the really important things about these dark honeys is that they are very mineral rich. And across the world, the panoply of medicinal honeys, of which there are thousands, uh, tend to be largely dark honeys. Not exclusively, but you know, 99%. And that's because they come from plants who've had to get their roots right, right down. So they're bringing up this minerality from the soil that is the basis of the colour. That's so interesting. What's really interesting about these honeys is it's not just the honey that's medicinal. The actual tree itself that medicinal honeys come from will almost always have a huge medicinal history as well. So it's leaves, it's bark, and things will be really embedded in the ancient folk medicine of of the area from which it comes mm. and i love that fact that mm. it's not you know it's not all about the honey it's not all about our relationship with the honey and that you know it's going to help our health again it's much more about the the totality the sort of mosaic mm. of sustainability and of, of the origin of things and the authenticity um, that i could wang on about for hours really <laughs> gave me this great badge that said how do you know it's real honey if you don't know the beekeeper and it's a very very good question because honey is now the, the third most adulterated food stuff on earth after wine and olive oil it's a massive massive industry what they do is they create something that our brain in this lazy way will accept as honey because it just seems to tick the right boxes mm. but actually when you compare it to a real honey it's just got nothing and there's another saying supermarket honey has a taste Mm. real honey has flavours and that's a really nice little differentiator it's super sweet and stuff and as you know again from your tastings not all honey is super sweet some of it's sour some of it's Mm. tart some of it's like a a juicy fruit in fact one of the first ones I'm going to give you to taste so this is um, it's intensely sticky actually (laughs) (laughs) did you find you are the woman with the damp cloth I mean I just spend my life Trying to deal with the stickiness. When I had toddlers, I was like, oh my god, I can live with the stickiness for a while. But as they grew up, I managed to sort of deal with that. And now, ever since beekeeping started, so look at this yeah. incredible dark, unctuous. Yeah. So, oh, back to the beekeeper. We're, 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 we're very team tasting. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to teach mm. you my tasting technique because you remember something about how your brain wants to just grab onto that sweetness, mm-hmm. it's very easily satisfied. So that's because our tongue is experiencing it. If you're eating honey with something, you get a chance to get it onto the back of, of your palate before you start experiencing honey. If you're just putting it straight in your mouth, that area on your tongue, which responds to sweetness, will immediately trigger your brain's, it's complete, you know, oh yeah, that is sweet. So when I'm doing um, tastings for food and drink professionals, I say the one word you're not allowed to use here is sweet in first response even if it is the sweetest honey you've ever tasted I want you to look beyond it and it's much much easier with these dark honeys because there's so much more going on behind them they're just much much richer and more intense I'll just tell you very briefly about this honey this this is buckwheat 
buckwheat is really, really a, a, a fantastically useful crop from China right through Eastern Europe and into France. It's, a, it's used as a cover crop in organic farming rather than cover the land with chemicals. It's also a staple food. So like you have kasha, you know, the, the Eastern European kasha, the grain, mm-hmm. uh, that's buckwheat. It's also the flowers are used to produce drugs for all sorts of things. It's a very potent medicinal and often the plant is as medicinal as the honey. And the honey is often used for people who are diabetics and things to control their blood sugar, which I know is something, again, you, you, you've heard about with Paula. Mm-hmm. Um, it is described as a zoo in a jar because it has a real animal smell, real like, oh, my God. And, again, it's not a honey smell. It's a different smell. So, Well, I mean, it looks like treacle. It does look like treacle. It looks like blackstrap molasses. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it does. So I always find ribena in this. Ooh. Just see if you can. What you're going to do is you're going to take a generous amount of the honey, you're going to hold your nose, okay. and you're going to park it behind your front teeth and take the spoon away because you don't want any sort of tainted spoon. Then you're going to just let your tongue spread it onto the back. Just count to five with your nose held gently close and then breathe. By which time it's reached your palate and then you're breathing through it and then the flavours can start to differentiate. It's lovely, oh my it? God. That is... So there's not a trace of bitterness in there. It's just really a oh yummy, wow. fruity experience. Oh, it's so fruity. I love it. Do you know what I mean about right? Scoop away. Jamie, no, 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 no. she always has to have the big spoonful. <laughs> <laughs> Take your hand off your nose then now. Yeah. That's it. Mm. But it is very molasses treat. It's very medicinal. It is. But it's, it's like it reminds me of something like my nan used to give me. Malt. Mm. Was it to, to make me feel better about malt. something? And I yeah, can't remember what malt. It was. malt she used to have a spoonful yeah. of that. Yeah. Because we had, we still have a, a herbal shop in, I come from a place called Rottenstall in Lancashire, called Fitzpatrick's, and it's ancient. Oh. It's an ancient, um, oh, and they goodness. used to sell so sarsaparilla. So you, like me, are inculcated from the very beginning mm. with, like, starting mm. from the bottom up, yeah. and the herbs, and the, yeah. the this and the that. Sarsaparilla yeah. and dandelion and burdock, proper old, oh, old yeah. style. But yeah. that That's absolutely reminds me of what my nan yeah, used yeah. to give me. But you, good. I'm, I'm still experiencing the flavours of this that's going on. And that's another difference mm. is you've got, in, in real honey, you've got durability. You've got things that are evolving and it goes on and on and on, particularly if you've got a good, good polyfloral mm. and you've got all those layers to unpack. It can, it can be three, four minutes before you've finished actually working through all the flavours. The other thing I love about that is that silky mouthfeel. Mm. That varies hugely and, and it's really, I think, another exciting thing. So, I'm I'm sure you've seen um, honeys that are fir and pine and oak and stuff and said maybe to yourself, flowers on a fir tree? Does a fir tree flower? No. How can you have fir honey? And the answer is there's another little insect that gets in between in the story of this honey, which is called honeydew. Uh, in fact, there's, it, they're aphids. There's several different sorts of them, so you get different sorts of aphid honey. So essentially, the aphids are sucking the sap from the tree and they're, they're just like a little vacuum pipe. So what goes in goes straight through them and it causes a little sugary blob on the end. Now, bees are... In- a pearl. No, a is it a poo? No, it's not a poo. No, it's just it's mm. just like a sort of a throughput. They've derived what they need from it and they just throughput it. Now, honeybees are incredibly adaptable. One of the reasons why they're such successful pollinators and so widespread is because they can adapt to feed on pretty much anything, unlike a lot of wild bees, which are specialist feeders. So they will go and find these sugars on, on the leaves and on the bark 
from where they dropped off the aphids and they will scoop them up and they will make honeydew, honey, which is held to be, uh, certainly across Eastern Europe and in Italy and places, the most medicinal honey. If you open it up, you get a sort of a musky nose, but it has this very, very beautiful, shiny, gelatinous quality, mm. which is mm. one of the indicators that it's honeydew, and it has this typically very dark colour. Mm. So have a go on that. Mm. <laughs> so, it's for apricot jam. Mm, thank you. <laughs> that last licks the best. Apricot jam. Apricot jam with a bit of blackstrap treacle underneath, a little bit of a must. Yeah, I mean, the predominant thing is quite jammy. Mm. But it's delicious. And in, mm. in a lot of them where they are from fir trees and stuff, you'll also get that sort of slight sense of the tree itself. That not so particularly. But when you see pine forest honey, mm. when you see those sorts of things, they're always worth trying. I see what you mean about the jam. Mm. There's definitely like a well, jam. Now it's gone plummy on me, that mm. jam. So again, fruity, very, very approachable. Yeah. Very, very easy mm. to eat. I mean, that on a piece of good bread with some salty mm. butter is mm. delightful. So you get all these medicinal honeys like Manuka, which I think we've fully mm. discussed, and it, you know, it is what it is. It's not the be-all and end-all mm. of medicinal honeys. And they are challenging. They, they taste like... Uh, mm. but dare I use the word sweet? Yes. No, at this mm. stage you're allowed to. Well, because that you're saying it's like jam, it's pervasive. very, very sweet, yeah. and it's actually yeah. sending my teeth a little bit yeah. on edge yeah. because it's... Um, Pervasively sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah definitely saying. compared to that first one, which yeah. where, where sweetness was certainly not the first thing mm. you'd say about it. Um, so then I'm going to take you into... There is a bit of an air of... As you imagine a conifer, I don't know whether that's yeah. what you said. No, I, 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 know, I, that, I agree like I with you. Um, almost in a yeah, a conifer sort of forest. I could just yeah. smell a little bit mm. of something. Yeah. Sometimes when you have these honeys, when you take the top off, you definitely are transported mm. into a conifer sort of mm. environment. You also get oak honey, and that has a sort of a more of a, a musty thing, and that that is divine. And, and really you know the oak honey because I, I have seen it, but I haven't tasted it. Is that again? Um, a honeydew honey. Oaks uh, feed honeybees in two other ways. One is that there's a nectar available around the acorns that mm. they can gather, but also where you have oak, oak galls, you know, where you have those funny blisters, which yeah. I believe is a wasp, is it, or something that causes that? Other than sting, they do yeah. something oh, useful. God, just, um, I, I'm so calm around bees now, even though I'm quite allergic to their stings, but I'm not calm around wasps. I turn into Mrs. Windmill because <laughs> I am making coffee. <laughs> Have you guys ever have tasted a, a ling heather honey um, from Scott, like a hot Scottish moor honey and stuff? Oh, we did a Scottish yeah. honey, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, we did. Yeah, yes. I thought you had. Mm. So I'm like, the heather family is a huge family, and mm. what people mostly don't know is there's such a thing as a heather tree, and that grows in the Mediterranean, and it grows up to three metres high, so wow. it's not that ground cover you have in your garden. Ooh. And it is one of my absolute favourite honeys. This is so a very dark one I again. I just smell it because it's got a big nose on it. And you can sort of smell a medicinal nose and just like it when it's, it's got a bit nose, don't you? Yes. So, just so bloody mm. delicious. Yeah, well, I, I particularly like that Scottish heather honey that we yeah. tasted on our very the first tasting. Oh, gosh, it was good. Yeah, it is very, very special. Oh. And you want it to come from as far north and as high as you can, those, those lean. Thank you. 
So this, I love this mm. on, on porridge or something that's quite bland. And again, it's so, so, so gentle. So I've purposely chosen hummus, which are very dark, but in no mm. way difficult to approach. Because mm. I really, really want people to just start experimenting with understanding that, you know, it's not all about that honey-coloured honey. Yes. Oh, that's so... Isn't it lovely? So it's gentle. Lovely. And it's rich. It's got sort of a nice yeah. waxiness to it. And, and it's not the word you said we weren't allowed to say. No. It's just... Mm. It's aromatic. It's aromatic. Mm. Yes. I love it. It's really nice. Mm. It kind of has a sort of... A, a sort of... A, I won't say citric, but it's not... Yeah. It's not it's kind of a bit, of a, a bit of a tangy you sort of. You often do mm. find that. The thing I also find is it's got like a little cinder toffee thing going on yes. in it as well. Mm. The smokiness, which is very typical of the Heather family, mm. is that slight smoke in it. But it, again, it's just, it's so easy to eat. Mm. It's just I like could actually just sort of lie in a bath of that, could you? <laughs> no, I'd be a waste. Do you know that kid you have a milk and honey bath and oh, tenders really? could come and top it up? I just think I'd feel so nice if I lay <laughs> in a bath of that. I, oh, no, I just want to eat it all. I'd eat a bath of honey. Yeah, you? Yeah, well, you right, could I'm going I'm to turn, turn your joy into horror. No! Yeah, 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 yeah. No, we can't. Right. So naming no names, I just want you to just smell and taste that. So you've had this experience of the smells of these honeys. You've had the experience of the way that the flavours oh evolve. Gosh. Um, actually, I'm going to start crying in a minute. Actually <laughs> oh yeah, you haven't cried on the episode for a while. Oh, you know, oh, this, oh, this is this will do it. Yeah, this I think makes this me is cry. Gonna do it. it makes me despair. <laughs> it really does. That that actually is disgusting. It is disgusting. And you know, yeah. we've all had it, haven't we? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and it this morning. You didn't. You didn't. I'm ashamed to say it. Not that one, an yeah. even cheaper one. Oh my god, Jane, I can't believe you said that. No, no. I feel ashamed of myself. Yeah, you have to put it on your hair and be done with it. I am after today. It's scary, isn't it? It's empty yeah. sugar. Mm. Yeah, this sugar, it just tastes like. Yeah, yeah, yeah it does. I yeah. Feel yeah. Like I'm going to start You've got the syrups. Don't so mess with something you know, that's <laughs> pretending just, to be something. Just that that is syrup. Yuck. Yes, it yeah. is golden syrup. It is. That's what it is. It's yeah. golden it's syrup. It's been blended from God knows where. It's been cooked. It's been microfiltered. It's been. And when you said process, is that what you mean then? It's been cooked, microfiltered. That's what you mean by process. Yeah. Blended as well. Where, yeah. where does this honey even come from? And that is know. the standard supermarket honey that you buy. And I'm going to wash my It well, doesn't taste that like is honey, the does upper it? End. That is the most expensive of the, of the supermarket honeys, that one. Some of these supermarket honeys, then they say they've got an organic version. I mean, what do you think of that? Oh, I just think it's very suspect. I really do. Because they're not declaring the origins of this honey, are they? So how can you check? that they really are organic it's very difficult in this country because again that patchwork quilt I was talking about so even if you're farming and you've got your bees in an organically farmed place you've got to ensure that at least five miles around is organic and they're smack in the middle of that because they will overfly all that gorgeous organic forage if somebody puts a field of rape in bees will respond to that and it could be filled with chemicals and they'll be off flying over the lovely organic stuff and into that rape before you can breathe so yeah you just have to be really careful and untrusting mm. of, of these mm. things you're not going to buy any more of that well no, the only reason I buy it is because my son who sort of like he has it on his cereal and I have it on my cereal but he kind of goes through 
about a, a calendar week. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> and I'm kind of the, the horror of seeing him use a really good honey in a way like that. Yeah, it's just. I if he, if he, I, I want you to go home and I want you to put golden syrup in one of those and see if he notices the difference. Well, yeah. maybe he could buy his own and you have your own, and then he doesn't have to. You know, good idea. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's that reminds the, me of teenage socks. But that's a good I idea. Yeah. That's a very good idea. Socks. And it's it tastes like a hot Caribbean world. It's just got that Isn't heat it? on it. Oh, interesting! And nice smell as well. It's very different from these European honeys that we've been tasting. And so you've not looked out it with this wooden spoon business. I get much more on my silver spoon. <laughs> oh, I'm a bit jealous, but anyway. So it's almost almost got an appley taste to it. Again, it's got those dark treacly flavours, but it's very light on, on the tongue. It's quite um, a hard one. If you don't know the local flora mm. and you don't know what they smell like and stuff, it's really hard to understand the honey. Mm. So when I'm working with world honeys, the one thing I'm always saying to people is, what are your bees on? And then I can look that up and I can mm. understand the life cycle yeah. of the bees and the flora a whole lot more. Because, of course, these bees in the, in the Caribbean, they don't overwinter. No. They, they, see, they're producing, they're yeah. taking a crop off about every three weeks. So they can be much more specific about what it is. They take little mm. crops. They will go into a huddle in dry season and in monsoon. So they do have, just like our bees, that time when they need to really, you know, pull back on, you know, get their honey stores there and, and fall back on those. Um, but we're so used to that winter summer cycle, you forget when you go to yeah. hot climates that their bees live an entirely mm. different life. And and this is you know if you're sitting on a Caribbean beach and you've got they love porridge in the Caribbean yeah mm. you've got that on your on your yeah. porridge it's Gosh. just delicious but at the back of my throat I feel heat, heat. yeah yeah that's yeah. right it's like a little chilly kick yeah 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 it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's very, kind of like warming your throat a bit like yeah. a brandy yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Mm. I mean, you often do find that a good honey has got that sense of like a fortified wine. I often talk about port and Madeira mm. and stuff because you just get that sort of confluence mm. of flavours. Yeah, yeah we're seeing that actually. Yeah, it's like a spirit. Yeah, yeah, it's like a brand new I've got like a Werther's original butterscotch mm. thing yes. going on now. And mm. this, see, this is the yes. evolution. This is the pleasure of honey. Just, that is just right. Treated Gosh, like that. It's amazing. It is like sweetest, isn't it? This last yeah. one. Sweet shop. So, this last one, we're going to Australia for. This is Jarrah honey, which has a huge, huge reputation as an excellent medical honey. It's pretty well tested and well understood. Uh, it comes from the Jarrah tree, and as usual, there's other medicinal properties that are associated with this tree. And lovely dark medicinal honey. This look of this honey is more like Branston pickle. Yeah, isn't it in the colour? Mm, not not quite as dark as the others. And you do want others. to chew it. It's got that slightly chewy texture to it, sort of gummy chewy texture. Oh gosh, yeah. Makes you, you, you know, some honeys you just can just let others. You just want to chomp on. This is definitely chomp time. You know, we're going to be hyper this afternoon. It looks a bit like stuff. PVA. Well, it's got the texture sort of PVA glue in an art class. <laughs> in an art class. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're going to be hyper later, Esther. <sighs> we're gonna we're gonna have our backs of our legs smacked mm-hmm. when we get silly I'll do I do love this I, I mean this this is a genuinely pizza. sweet honey <laughs> but it's got all these other things going on behind oh my god isn't that mm. lovely so I mean if, if you can take your medicine like this who wouldn't god no wonder you look so yeah. healthy this this I have to say came back from Singapore in my knickers <laughs> Woohoo! Is it? I can't even think now. I've forgotten what I said about it, except it's just really nice. (laughs) (laughs) But there's something very about the smell and the taste. Chewy, chewy was what I said about it because it just makes you want to, yeah, to to, to sort of like get it into your mouth and just. It's, it's glorious. I love it. I, I could eat the whole jar. Mm, yeah, well, exactly. I think exactly. I think that the but a lot of these honeys today have just reminded me of olden time. You know, like yeah. what my my yes. nan. Yes, and exactly. um, yeah, and you know, yeah. kind of a medicinal thing that's actually quite tasty, but yeah. it's going to help you. Yeah. And mm. I mean, you know, when the NHS says don't go to the pharmacist with a sore throat, take honey, what they're not saying is raw honey, mm. raw honey, proper honey from, you know, single source honey. It doesn't mm. have to be monofloral, it can be a great polyfloral. Just make sure it's real honey. Cause but it's... Do, you think, do you think that people are put off by price? I think it's really difficult. And I think particularly when you're saying exactly as you are, that, you, you know, when you've got kids and they're just ladling it on, like, mm. like it's, they're just using it as a sweetener. Yeah. I think that's the problem, is honey should not be used as a, as a sweetness mm. component unless you've mindfully decided to. Mm. So I think it's about the sensitivities, you know, of people understanding the different price points. And a jar of honey that takes to be so long to make and, and is so exquisite and you can take your time and savour it and find mm. different ways to enjoy it and actually you might pay £3 for it but you you like you say £1.79 Dylan oh. yeah Dylan's <laughs> probably yeah. eaten that in four 86, days p, 300 grams but, that, but I've learned something today I mean and like you say all my son is craving is sweetness yes. so if I just replace it with some golden syrup and yeah. see if he yeah. notices yeah. Yeah. then he it's not damaging the bees then if he's having no. golden syrup all no. he wants is a sweetener he might as well just put some sugar sprinkle yeah, some yeah, sugar on top yeah. so I am going to stop buying that because it's damaging to the bees which you've explained today yeah. very clearly which is wonderful but also if he does want some honey then he has to be respectful to yeah. it but are there good honeys in supermarkets I think if you can find one that doesn't say blend on it then you're much much more certain to be good because something so um, this is the giveaway 
way, always, is if it says blend on it, you know it's been aggressive. Where does it say blend? It says it? A bl- it'll say a blend of EU and mm. non EU or something. Yeah, yeah. So that's the that's the giveaway, and you just put it back down because you can't blend honey. I don't know if you've ever tried to put two honeys together, have you? Yeah. You can't unless you heat it. You yeah, just exactly. cannot. So you know, at the very least, even if it hasn't been adulterated with other sugars, it has been aggressively processed. Right. So you just don't want anything to do with that. It's not got the medicinal purpose. No, anymore. and it destroys. Yeah, the yeah. nutritional and all the delicate things in there that break very easily in terms of honey so I often call this a broken product whereas real real honey is like it's a whole food it's intact Um, and the other thing I do is if I think that something is okay I will just with my phone in in wherever I am just look up the producer and what you want to encounter is a smiley face at the end of that. You don't want to encounter a corporation right. or yeah. something that's so slick and is all sort of like full of animation because real beekeepers can't afford that. Oh. Real beekeepers are, you know, they're, they're busy looking after their bees. They're doing an honest job, you know, and, and I think that their websites tend to reflect that. You yeah. know, some are better than others. Um, and China is exporting far more honey than it actually makes. And that's the same with quite a lot of other big honey exporters mm. and you know all of this data about honey fraud and about honey production and stuff is all really widely available mm. on from government stats from import and export stats you just got to put the puzzle together mm. so this isn't just you know little bee, bee farmers like us going mm. you know we're just having mm. a winch this is this is real mm. but I'm afraid that government just lacks the will to tackle it right um, and they've ducked it yet again with our move out of the EU I thought maybe maybe they will start to protect British beekeepers, but they haven't. They haven't at all. They just, you know, they haven't made anyone declare the countries of origin beyond saying, you know, a blend of mm. this and that. So all the time that this is on the shelves, that's a concern to me. But just because it, people don't know what the choice is that they're being mm. offered. I know we've tasted all these wonderful honeys, but. I just wanted to taste your honey. Oh, yeah, one of our, um, yeah. And, and, Lovely, um, okay. And I yeah. was really amazed by the story of this honey mm. and mm. from the tree of heaven. Yeah. And I wonder yeah. if you could tell us a little bit about so it. So this is a honey that comes from one of our docklands at Apiaries. So we've moved a lot of our central London hives because there's a huge overcrowding of hives in London out into far docklands where we were really lucky enough to get an exclusive licence. So what's happened is this is industrial land that has been cleaned and cleared many many years ago and has naturally rewilded man, man hasn't in, you know done anything except leave it alone um, they will build on it eventually but in the meantime we've got these wonderful places for our bees so you have this extraordinary rewilding so you get the pioneer species like alder and fireweed and all the things the bees really love all those old plants and then you get the invasive species like tree of heaven which you're not allowed to plant anymore but was planted widely and why are you not allowed to plant it anymore because it's so invasive right it sends up suckers how big is it how big does it grow to oh great big huge mighty tree with great tons of pollen and it has this sort of I mean, honey tasting isn't always polite. You use words like cat's piss and sweaty and stuff. And to me, this is sort of sweaty, but in a Christmas cake way. Does that make sense? Mm. That, what, I'm, what I'm expressing? Uh, yes, there? and can you tell me why it's called the heaven tree? Tree of heaven. Tree of heaven. It comes from China, and it, I think it's just a fanciful name that came from China, but now it's more largely called the tree of hell because of its invasive it nature. Spread, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, those, dear. Those suckers kill everything I'm around it. Right, so not recommended to have in no, your garden. I know, so sad, because it does 
give this wonderful, wonderful flavour. And, and when is it? Texture. When is it seasoned? Um, I think it's sort of June, June July. I think. Oh, it's so yummy now. It is yummy, mm. isn't it? I mean, as London beekeepers, we're really glad of Tree of Heaven mm. because it often fills in. If we don't get a lime flow, we might get Tree of Heaven flow. Uh, lime flow is really important to us. Um, but it's very mm. perfumey. It is it? very perfumey. Mm. That's, I think, what I mean about that mm. slightly sweat, sweaty. Mm. It reminds me of, yeah, of, of tropical fruit. Mm, very mm. tropical. Pineapple. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like a passion sort of fruit. fruit. Yes, passion fruit. All of that sort of fruit, yeah. Yeah. fruit cocktail. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, like you used to get tinned, tinned fruit cocktails. Tinned fruit yeah. cocktails. God. Well, it is. I used to love yeah. those. Yeah. Little squares. Oh, me too. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, and also, it's this thickness. Yeah. It's on your palate mm. for such a long time. Yeah. It's just, just astonishing. Mm. And the, you know, we've tasted quite a few different textures today. I mean, that mm. mouth feels every bit as important as yeah. part of the experience. And I mean, this is just yummy. And it mm. won a massive prize. Not two prizes. Actually. You're right, though, Esther. It yeah. is. It is tinned yeah. fruit salad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And your book as well, Sarah. Um, I've been reading, mm. and it's so accessible, and it's such an easy read for oh, planting oh, for bees. Yeah, yeah, and I just you. think it's it's oh, brilliant. brilliant. Planting for honeybees by Sarah Windham Lewis. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you for the wonderful tasting. That was superb. <laughs> Queen Bees is written and created by Esther Coles and Jane Horrocks. It is produced by Claire Broughton, Andy Goddard and John Wakefield and partly recorded at The Hives on my allotment near Crouch End in London. Our title music is Sweet Nothing by Amy May Ellis and Will Cookson. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Queen Bees Pod for pictures and videos from The Hive. Queen Bees is a hat-trick podcast. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.